listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. Hello, hello. This is Katie Van Horn. And this is Jackie Clayton. Oh, like that, that was a pause before you even like started, my friend. I know. I you needed, gotta get it like, down. You know that Earth, Wind, and Fire song? Da, da, da. That's what I was singing in my head when I said that. Oh. Um, <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> the shenanigans. The shenanigans. So this Let is the, the shenanigans. Yeah, this is the Inclusive AF podcast. And as you, you heard, we have a, a special guest with us, one of our actual, our dear friends. Um, and one of our esteemed, um, I, we could probably say colleagues, like not that we work together, but we kind of do because we all focus on DEI. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm going to say colleague because it's a fun word to say. Um, so Sarah, love to turn it over to you and have you introduce yourself and, and share a little bit about yourself with our audience. Hello, everyone. My name is Sarah Morgan. I am the Director of Equity and Inclusion for Humoriso, where I work with small and mid-sized businesses on their DEI strategy in order to help their employees feel safe, seen, and supported. Um, I am also the host of the Leading in Color podcast, which is now on its fourth season, um, and I host the Inclusion Crusade podcast on the HR Happy Hour Network, which is now in its third season. So wow. I'll be, uh, be, be podcasting. Um, and when I'm not doing all of that, I live outside of Durham, North Carolina with my husband and our five children and our very spoiled dog. Very spoiled dog. He is very spoiled. I really feel like a, a slacker here because both of you have like 18 podcasts. 18 shows. That's right. <laughs> three podcasts. Three. Uh, three three podcasts. podcasts. But Sarah is one of our people. So we'll yes. try to get through and stay on somewhat on, on task as we. Yeah, that'll be fun. It's totally good, doable. Good, good luck. Good luck. Okay. <laughs> to all of us. So, uh, Miss Sarah, let's talk about, um, let's start with your favorite conference and then also your conference that is coming up that you are hosting. They mm -hmm. could be one in the same if you'd like, or if there's different ones, it is your favorite. Oh, my favorite conference um, outside of my own is probably Work Human. Yeah. Um, it continues to be one of the conferences that I enjoy um, because the content remains consistently excellent. Mm -hmm. um, they never like, and they're not repeating speakers a whole lot. Um, you know, different people, they, they're pretty committed to finding new and different voices. They're very committed to talking about diversity, equity, inclusion in a very open way. Um, very people-centered and people-focused and super practical at the same time and so i really appreciate that from a content standpoint the conference itself i mean even you know in terms of the speakers the keynote speakers and things they always have you know pretty big names that are coming um they do a great job in partnering with local vendors um in order to have folks come in and and even down to like 
offsetting the carbon footprint of the conference and partnering with local charities to give donations and the whole sustainability elements of how like we recycle like it's so very intentional and so consistently like hits on all the things that we as DEI practitioners know are important and that a lot of organizations say are important and then they don't follow through with it, but they actually do. And so I appreciate that. Not to mention, it's a great time to just get together with people I know and love and cut up um, at the same time. So yeah, that, <laughs> that one continues to be high on my list for sure. We always I, do try I to find a, a real good restaurant and a real good dinner. Yes, always. Every time. Yeah, it's and crazy. they've never like not delivered on making sure that we had, there's, you know, lots of places to eat nearby. And like we were right by the um, San Diego baseball team. So I know a few, a lot of the attendees were able to like cut out and watch. I don't, I don't like baseball. So that wasn't my thing, but I noticed a lot of people were like, yeah, I caught a baseball game. Like there's always, we're always someplace where there is a lot to do and a lot to like grab hold of. And I just, I appreciate that. I feel like it's a, it's an, and I feel like it's intentional um, yeah. when they do it. And so that I, makes me appreciate it even more because they're really thinking like full circle about what each attendees conference experience could be like and making sure that the door stays open for people who are traveling there to have an excellent experience and for them to, for work humans to have like a good impact on the local economy. And that, that matters. So mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love that it's about, it's not about them. Like how many times have you gone to a conference and they have 13 million vendors and you're like, what mm -hmm. am I paying for? Like I already know based on average cost, you just made a bazillion dollars and now right. I'm spending another bazillion dollars. Like mm -hmm. this isn't even about me. Like you just took whoever and then you go to a work human where it's very intentional. Like, oh, we're going to sell books. We're going to do an education or it's mm -hmm. this is a shirt for you or a bag for you. It's for you. all mm -hmm. about those things and making you feel we got we got our auras special. read like that was our amazing. Aura. We, they, we got our auras read like where else are you getting that? Like nowhere. Like, no, I, I dare Sherm to do something <laughs> like I, I double dog triple dog dare you to well have if it's someone a triple read dog there then they have to do it right yeah I, right. I dare you i dare <laughs> you to get an aura reader at, at um, your next nationals <laughs> the other part i would say is that like it's also i feel like the the work human conference is about the hr practitioner and like mm -hmm. where else do we get celebrated like we all are oh, exhausted and working very hard and trying to make sure all our employees are safe and secure and mm -hmm. everybody's good and this i feel like is also a place that we can get some love um yeah yep. which is nice we get so. to like we get the love from the stage we get the love from each other and it's n and again it's all very practical um yes. and it doesn't you don't walk away feeling bad about yourself or all the things that you're not doing or all the ways that you could potentially create liability or cause problems for your like and that's what a lot of these other conferences you walk away with this laundry list of oh crap we're not doing this you know mm -hmm. we're going to get we're going to get audited we're going to get sued we're going to like all of those things like you walk away with this fear 
of all the things that you have to do and fix when you get back. And, and I don't feel that way when I walk away from work human. I walk away feeling like energized about all the ways that I'm getting it right, the ways that I can keep pushing forward, the connections that I've made, and the ways that I can tweak things in order to improve them. And that that makes such a difference um, in, in when we're trying, in work where we're already exhausted and yes. overworked and undervalued and usually underpaid, so. Yep, absolutely. Um, okay, now that we have your favorite, and I think Jackie and I probably would say that's that's, that's in my top two, I would say. The other one is HR tech, just because I think that's such a fun I thing. oh yes, I yeah, do. Yeah. I did I did my first HR tech last year. I'm excited to go back this year. Um, it's the conference that's not about the sessions. It really yes. is all about the tech. It is about going down into that wide open space and wandering from booth to booth and getting to know these vendors and the ways that they can support your organization. And the exhibit halls in other conferences, for me, have always been like, let me get my kids some cheapy souvenirs. Mm -hmm. So, And that is not what is going on at HR Tech. I sat, I find, found myself like sitting down and really having good conversations. And so I'm looking forward to getting to do that again this year. Yeah, I would definitely say those are one and two. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's also fun that we get to see some of the new technologies on some of the startup stages too, which is, which. Yes, uh, those are my favorite. Those yes. are, yeah, that's my favorite. I sit, and, <laughs> yeah, I sit and watch the, the tech um, competition, yeah. the whole, like all three rounds. I missed one of the first rounds and I was upset last because then people advance and I'm like, I don't even know. I yeah. missed it. What is this about? So yeah, but it's that's great. Awesome. It's always great to see. Yeah. So tell us about your conference now because yes. it's an exciting one. Yes. So coming up October, um, at the end of October, October 27, 28, and 29, three workshops, three three-hour workshops is a three-hour tour, um, make up what I call the HROI Summit, so the Human Return on Investment. Um, I started HROI in 2020. It was, at that point, I was pretty burnt out on traditional conferences and all the things we just said about just going and walking away, feeling bad about yourself and feeling like I spent all this money and I don't, I can't go back to my boss and say, you know, here's what I learned. Here's, you know, here's something that we should do and grab hold of. And another thing I find with conferences is that, um, all the presentations are about like what's cool, right? And not necessarily geared toward the practitioner and their needs. Mm -hmm. So with HROI, the first thing that I did was, and I have probably 1,500, 2,000 people who subscribe to my monthly newsletter. And so I sent and the majority of them are HR practitioners working a desk. So the first thing that I did was I was like, all right, well, here are the ideas of things that I have that I would want these sessions to be about and and sent that out to them in the form of a survey. And they said, no, we want to we want to talk about these things. I even had a few write ins um, that I was like, oh, OK, well, if this is what the people want, then let's give the people what they want. And so this go around, we did the same thing and 
sent that out. High impact onboarding and orientation um, is the first session. The second session is the new recipe for workplace safety, which talks not just about like your physical safety and OSHA regulations, but also how you build psychological safety and how you manage the process when someone is ill or injured related to something at work and how in a way that's that doesn't become like adversarial and, and contentious. And then the last is the T on talent, which is really talking about how we utilize technology to help us um, put together a talent program that is responsive to the needs of candidates um, and also helps hiring managers, you know, move that process along. And if you're someone who's low tech, because there are a lot of organizations out here who cannot afford um, the, the, you know, the fancy technologies with the bells and whistles. Here's some ways that you can use that if you are in Excel spreadsheets um, or whatever the case may be, like here's the way that you do that in your Excel spreadsheet or in your Google spreadsheet. There are even some, you know, nifty ways that you can use chat GPT to help you monitor some of this stuff. And so, you know, whether you're high tech or whether you're low tech, here's the way that you get through that and you build a program that people are going to respond to and that are going to help get your jobs filled. So those are the three sessions um, led by amazing women of color who have been practitioners in the space for decades. So Lorena Pabone and BJ Anderson, of both of Humoriso currently are leading the session on onboarding and orientation. I am leading the session on workplace safety and Kirsten Greggs, um, the track recruiter um, is handling the tea on talent. And we are still in our early bird registration as we're recording this, but the early bird will end in early September, um, I believe September 5th. And mm. once that happens, um, prices will go up by $50. So two right now in early bird, it's $199, and then it will go up to $239. But I am offering the inclusive AF listeners a discount code the inclusive inclusive AF. So you can type in a discount code and get $50 off your registration for a single session and $150 off if you register for all three sessions. So if you register for all yeah. three sessions, it would cost you $699. So this is going to take $150 off of that because what's important to me is making sure that we get attendees in the building in a way that is affordable and reasonable and that they're able to gather the content. Um, the other thing I wanna make sure to note is that we have payment plans because sometimes people don't have all the monies right away. So you have two and three pay options to be able to attend the sessions as well um, in case you are funding it for yourself because your organization doesn't have budget for your continuing education. And for some people, you know, that may be their entire budget or all that they've set aside. So we want to try to save people as much as possible and help them to kind of split those payments up so that they're able to do this. Awesome. I love well, that you're doing that. You. We were just talking. Yeah. Thank you on behalf of all of our listeners. Cause I appreciate that. But then also I love that you know, you're giving people that practical piece and digging in. I was just talking to someone. They're like, what's missing 
at the at conferences and it's like you know you still people still have topics like how to write a business case for diversity or how to get the c-suite mm -hmm. to get engaged and it's like listen the challenges are so much deeper i need to be able to solve a problem and i don't want to hear you know i don't want some light same thing that's getting regurgitated over and over and over again that really could be a blog post I really want to have, you know, I love that it's three hours where you could dig in, yep. talk to people that are really professionals that can help solve an actual problem. And let's look at safety and let's break it down on all of the different pieces and what's the impact and how do we look at it so that when you leave, you can really have an action plan. Yeah. And also for those who register for all three sessions, they will be entered into a drawing to win coaching one on one with me. So registering for all three sessions gives you the option to be able to get some additional one on one time with me. Um, when I did the first HROI, I did a coaching cohort alongside of it as like a buy up. Um, but the feedback that I got was for most people was that they wanted more one on one time. Unfortunately, my schedule doesn't allow me to commit to that fully for the number of people that come through HROI, but um, I can at least, you know, get a few um, coaching folks out of that and work with them one on one on taking what they've learned in the conference and then actually putting it into place. Um, at their workplace and anything else that they want to talk to me about from a coaching perspective within their career. So all of that is on the table. Um, again, register HROISummit.events. Um, so you can go to the Humoriso website, go to our events page, and it will take you right to it. And I know that it'll be linked in the show notes for this show as well. If you follow me on any of the socials, that's pretty much all I'm going to be talking about from now <laughs> until October, because we want to get this thing as close to sold out as we possibly can. You might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight cisgender white men, and the victims of true crime are not a monolith either. She's Wendy and I'm Beth, and together we host Fruit Loop Serial Killers of Color, a true crime podcast. Together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Absolutely. Well, first off, again, as Jack said, thank you for offering these options. And I think that, you know, a, a couple things, the whole concept of human return on investment. So I was just on the HR social hour chat last night and one of the folks was mentioning like, oh, well, you know, you have to prove return on investment. And I'm like, well, yeah, because any business thing you have to you prove have to prove return on investment. Yeah, mm -hmm. Exactly. And so the the fact that you're titling that and thinking about this, you know, as Jackie said, you know, actual practitioners that are on the ground doing this work that maybe are a team of one or a team that's very small. The other thing I'll say about, you know, some of the conferences that we attend is that it's always these like huge names, which is great from a name recognition, but you're like, yeah, I don't have a, a team of 400 HR people to do all the things. Mm -mm. It's me and, you know, my friend, my little mouth, <laughs> Joe, in my pocket. 
<laughs> I am the editor. I am. I the am. Yeah, I'm, I am marketing. Yes. yes Shout out. Exactly. Yeah. Shout exactly. out to, you know, the team at Humoriso. John and Jamie have both really jumped in with both feet to help me to bring this back because that was one of the reasons that I had to pause, you know, in between when we did it in 2020 and now is because I am a team of one and I have a whole family and at the time had a whole full-time job and listen, like putting together and, and, you know, me being a nutbag decided to do this in the (laughs) middle, in the height of the pandemic, like who does that? So just recovering from all of that and the stuff of life was like, no, that you know, this this isn't going to happen. But we pushed and and we're looking forward to bringing it back and and keeping it on a regular cadence as we move forward. And it's important to me. This is not about like name recognition. Like you're not going as I jokingly call them, like the the HR celebrities and the folks that you see doing the conference circuit on a regular basis. Sorry, y'all, you will not see them (laughs) at the HROI summit um, as a speaker, because I want the the attendees to be learning from people who are doing this work, Mm -hmm. who are close to the ground, who are going to understand their frustrations, who either as a consultant or as a practitioner have worked in a lot of different industries and are bringing a breadth of knowledge that they can share with people in these intimate sessions um, and in this workshop where it's going to be interactive, where there's going to be opportunity for them to ask questions. And there's going to be takeaways that they will have that they can take back to their desk and be able to be like, yeah, I can implement this. I feel like I like I've got what I need to do to be able to implement this. And these are all areas that we know are going to bring return on investment for the company. Your orientation and onboarding experience are a key indicator as to whether or not you're going to stay with the company or whether you're going to leave within the first six to nine months. The way that your talent is handled is a key indicator on whether you are going to ghost this recruiter or ghost this interview or whether you're going to see the process through and be willing to accept this job. And the candidate experience through that is going to heavily influence their enthusiasm coming into the job and whether they're like, yes, I'm so excited to be working at this place or whether they're like, man, I'm going to take this job, but I'm going to keep my search going just in case something else comes along. And we all know that, you know, safety costs millions for organizations, millions for organizations, and it becomes so very quickly an adversarial process between the injured worker and the company and the com- and the practitioner often feels trapped in the middle between this injured worker and their provider in trying to communicate information or trap between the injured worker and the manager and trying to figure out whether we accommodate light duty and things like that. And in the meanwhile, the, the, the bill just keeps running up. And so we have to talk about the ways that we do this better. And knowing that attendees are gonna walk away with practical things that they can take back to their workplace and do differently and share with their teams right away makes the cost of admission worth it. And that's what I wanted 
for this conference, this summit, when I created it, and it's what I want it to continue to be as we go forward. Well, awesome. And I love that you took the feedback from folks to really make it something that would be very helpful, very, you know, current, very, you know, hey, this is my need right now today. And yeah, onboarding, I think, is such a critical piece. And, you know, speaking of ROI, it's also the the sooner they're onboarded and happy and good to go, mm -hmm. the sooner they can hit the ground running and actually running and start to be so, productive and yes. start to be effective in whatever it is that you've hired them to do. But Absolutely. when that doesn't work, then they're confused and unhappy and hindered. Mm -hmm. um, you think about how many remote people don't have a don't have their computer or don't have their accesses set mm -hmm. up for them on their first day. Just the timing of things like that is so important. And how do you project manage that um, when it's not something that you're familiar with doing? You've got to have having that guidance. Um, and so we talk about the onboarding experience in terms of like making it fun and making it interactive. And that's important. I won't downplay that, but it, but also knowing that it takes your IT department five days to get equipment prepared matters in the way that you onboard people as well. Because when I show up and there's no computer on my desk, I ain't feeling too welcomed. No. And so now I've this looks bad to the person. This looks bad on behalf of the organization. IT is embarrassed. Like this is not a win for anybody. So we've got to figure out how we bridge all of those gaps to make sure the folks coming into our, our organizations are having the best experience possible because we know that it's what leads to better outcomes. Absolutely. And so many, I think... <laughs> I remember right, having to actually get wipes to wipe down the desk that I was <gasps> now this is like in the Gross. office um, and I was like yeah they're not prepared for me to start today no. there was no it wasn't even an equipment issue it literally was like Dust. this desk is dusty and nasty and you know whatever it was nasty and I was yeah. like okay I'm, I don't really I'm feel them up right now yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna need them Clorox wipes right quick exactly. I had that with a charger once and I was like so offended like why did you send me this nasty charger like it yeah. was like and it don't have to be perfect but I I think people don't realize too there's a higher expectation I feel like now that people are looking for in that experience and they're looking for a similar experience at least something that feels consistent with every separate person that they're asking to that you know what you're talking about that you're going to be able to answer my questions mm -hmm. and you can point me in the right direction um and there's lots of pieces and don't even survey people after they go through the onboarding process so you don't even know you know a year in and they'll say oh we do that i didn't know I didn't know we got off for a volunteer and it's like, what, mm -hmm. what in here, how many years? And you never knew that we did that or it's too late when you're getting to the, like, um, an exit interview and they say, well, I really wish this would have happened. And it's like, wait, all of that was there. And, and trying to give people, you know, we were talking about doing stay interviews more recently because mm. it's like we forget and lose touch sometimes about what that experience is like. But I feel like it's just really important to know what people are going through now mm. and what their expectations and you have to level set around those expectations. Yeah. Absolutely. And I would also say that it's the 
in the first two, three days that they're starting at a new job, they're getting three, you know, it's the fire hose that, you know, they, they're not going to remember half of what you said mm -hmm. in that, you know, half day orientation that you have. It's the ongoing communication as well. Sarah, I want to talk about safety a little bit, if we could, because I mm -hmm. just had this situation pop up. And so I want to, I want to get your thoughts. Uh -oh. So I had a, an organization that I'm working with that happens to be based in Texas and uh, I'm in Arizona. So I feel comfortable saying this, that uh, Texas also has a lot of gun owners and um, it's true, like Arizona. And so we were discussing like safety, like from an actual site safety perspective, because they don't have a badge access, they don't have, you know, certain things. And so I think, it, you know, the unfortunate piece of being in the day and age that we are in, and the fact that for whatever reason, everyone thinks assault rifles are good for folks to have in their hand. Um, are you going to be touching on like physical safety and how to prepare like almost a, you know, not active shooter type situation, but things along those lines, are you going to be talking about that in the safety session? I do want to touch on it because I think it's important. This It's unfortunate that these are the times that we live in. And I remember um, the first time that we had a, an active shooter situation in one of the workplaces and we were on our heels in terms of just not it was you know it wasn't our main site it was one of our our other locations we were on our heels in terms of not knowing what to do and that led me to work with um my compliance um team to just go through the laundry list of all of the like what is the plan for mm -hmm. and so I may, I probably won't go into super depth on it, but at least to be able to touch on it from a, a, an aspect of what to, what you need to be prepared for and thinking through, um, and also how to deal with employees when that situation happens, because that's a workers' comp issue as well. Mm -hmm. um, in the situation at my previous employer, we had employees who were beyond traumatized and just could not return to work. And so we had to figure out how do we, you know, first of all, setting up services for them, making sure that they're getting the support that they need from a counselor. But then also, what do we do with their position? Can this position be done remotely? Can we move them into another office location like what do you know what do we do in that instance and so I think it falls under the same kind of criteria that you would look at any sort of accommodation following someone's injury um, or work-related you know work-caused illness um, so it has to be touched upon um, as we are recording this I've got the news on in the background we've got an active shooter situation at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill so um, one professor was killed, some others were injured. It appears that the suspect is in custody, but like that's unfolding right now. Tomorrow, my husband is gonna wake up and he's gonna go to Duke University where he works in their police department. And they're gonna, I'm sure, have all kinds of meetings and protocol reviews and updates. And, you know, whenever something happens, we all collectively hold our breath and check in on our people in the area. and you know, that, you know, th that's a reality of the workplaces we live in. So I, I, 
wouldn't feel comfortable doing a session about workplace safety and not talking about that because a lot of the instances of of violence in the workplace are connected to that now domestic violence incidents that seep into the workplace are another area that has to be touched upon because it's some it's it's close to half if not half of the workplace violence incidents are usually tied to that and employers a lot of times don't know what to do um in order to keep folks secure so what are the protocols that you need to to put in place and it's unfortunate that these are the conversations we have to have but um these are the conversations we have to have yeah because it's too late after it happens i mean that's yeah. not the place to start looking it up you yeah. know that's not the, the time to put those things into place and so um you have to have to do that and yeah. like you said and when those situations happen to you do want to check in on your people and you want to check and see how your family is doing you want to know if everybody's okay and mm -hmm. uh, um but, but there's a there's a job to do and mm -hmm. and and that's the hard part of making sure that you have those things already in place yeah and i for me like i am a i, I always tell people like i'm from the hood so my head is always on the swivel anyway so when i come into work i remember um one of the places that i worked years ago we did not have you know a badge in and out system everybody had keys and there would be moments in the day where there would be no one at the front desk and i'm like so when there's no one at the front desk we lock in this door right because you can't like you can't just have the door open for people to just roll up and it was like so foreign to everyone until you know we had an incident where an an employee was upset and showed up there and started acting a fool and then i was like i told y'all lock the door like don't look at me because i'm going out the back because i mm -mm, no i'm that's not that's not i'm not here for that Right. Well, and I even like with all of the layoffs that are going on, and I know this might be a controversial statement to make, but I also have advised clients, like if you're going to be doing a reduction in force, a layoff, whatever, make sure that you are in touch with local law enforcement, law enforcement. Mm -hmm. just to give them a heads up to, Hey, can you just, you know, pass by here a little bit more often than you normally do today or this week or whatever? Cause I think that's the other part is we do have those disgruntled employees or or mm -hmm. former employees, things like that. And so there's just a lot going on. But I, I'm glad that you are touching on that because I think that is something that, you know, you don't think about that as an HR thing. Until, until it's thrust. Yeah, until yeah. it's thrust in your lap. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like Jackie said, like it's not the time to think about it isn't after. It's before it happens, all that good stuff. And so, uh, you know, I, the sessions that you're holding you know, obviously these are critical for any HR professional to not just be uh, familiar with, but also have some good like working session type. Mm -hmm. Like Jackie said, you know, having a three hour workshop is such a critical and helpful thing. It's not just, here's my notes. Now, how the heck do I do this in real life? Um, so I love that you're doing this as, you know, kind of the you know, workshop and and really giving practical steps on yeah. how to make this real. And takeaways so. that of like these, you know, these are the questions that you need to ask and answer within your organization because the all of this is customizable. Like nothing, no, but no two 
onboarding and orientation programs, no two talent programs, no two safety program, none of it's going to be the same, but where, but the where you start, like the fundamental questions that you need to answer within your organization and determine like what level of importance and really thinking about it from a perspective of like, what is the experience that we want people to have when they're going through this process? How do we, you know, what's our goal about how we want them to feel as they're going through this process? And then you put together events that happen that are likely, because you can't make people feel anything, but that are likely to cultivate those kinds of feelings in people. And that really has to be what's at the center. And we so often, you know, we make this checklist of like things that people need to do. Like we, you know, in onboarding, it's like we need all these forms and they have to be signed. And so we give all, you know, a big stack of them or whether that stack is physical or electronic doesn't matter. Because if I have to sign 70 pieces of paper electronically, I am just as annoyed as if I have to sign yes. 70 pieces, physically sign 70 pieces of paper. Listen, and we, it is so dumb. We don't yeah, think about it. On your mouse, you try yeah, to do it on my, the like sign it with your finger. I'm like, what? It doesn't yeah. look like a signature at all. It, at all, at all. And, no. and trying to do it with the mouse is the worst. Forget is it. And then for me, I it's the selecting what color do I sign it in? Do I want it to be because they give you too many options like, it, <laughs> you know, it's like black or blue, but some of them have like purple and I'm like, oh, purple. And yeah. so now, you yeah. know, or I can pick whatever color I want to. So now I have That's this right. like rainbow of options. And yeah, and then you have people coming back to HR going, why are you letting people, why are you letting people sign in pink? <laughs> yeah, like she, this can't be pink. I'm like, oops. So, but why not? Like who said, why not? I feel like there's just a lot, you know, I love that you had like, like we keep saying about that it's return on investment. There's, I don't think people outside of HR know how many pieces that go into work. And they, once you tell them, they don't believe you. Like they mm -hmm. really, really don't. When you're like, no, this is how we need to implement. This is what we have. These are what we're challenging. And then as soon as you think you got it handled, that is when you will be surprised. People always yes. like to say, oh, I haven't been surprised. No, no, no. There's oh, still yeah. room. There's still room. Yeah, there's <laughs> still room. And the other thing with, with return on investment and HR is I don't know that any other area within business gets dinged for the yes. quote unquote lack of return on investment of the things that we do as much as HR does because because it's people centered and event centered and not necessarily tied to like a budget item or um a you know specific business operational outcome we suddenly act like it's so foreign to figure out how this could be a helpful important thing for the company and I'm like well, I don't hear anybody talking saying that about the coffee maker because but yeah. it's here you know nobody's asking why soft toilet paper is is where's the return on investment on this Charmin that we buy and yet we keep ordering it from the Costco hey, so help me understand don't buy the cheap stuff listen it's I'm the first one I I give people when people ask me like what are things to look for when you're looking for a job to know like what about the environment I tell them go in the bathroom and check the toilet paper yeah toilet paper because yeah, and, the, and it particularly as a woman because no organization 
that respects and values women are going to ask us to care for our lady parts with that one ply crap. So jail, that's jail paper. mm -hmm. That's a sign. It's a sign. It's a sign that that your future is not equitable. (laughs) So go ahead and decline that offer. That is one of those. That's <laughs> one of those things that like. I would love that glass door right. review. I would love that glass door review of but, but the toilet paper sucks. So I'm not taking. Sucks. this job. I'm not it's taking this job. They put those on Yelp. It's a Yelp it's, review. It oh, yeah, should yeah. be there. It should be there along with dusty trophies. That's another. Oh one yes. Yeah. Dusty so, old trophies. Like why is your 2011 whatever whatever trophy still out there it is 2023 put that put that away Mm-mm. Right. and it's dusty stop it i also <laughs> love that you're talking about the tea on talent and the you know the the pieces that again are just so for a one or two person shop mm-hmm. some of these things well right correctly and in in the new world that we're in of recruiting that you know, highly competitive people are looking for different things than they were looking for even five, six years ago, especially mm-hmm. with everything with COVID, all the things with politics, et cetera, that folks want a very different experience and want it to be candidate focused. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I'm sure both of you remember, you know, the CVP writing out candidate value proposition. It's oh. almost going back to that basic, but it's like, but in 2023, it's not that, you know, and so how do you think about that in a different way? And think about, I, I, and I know that Kirsten will do this, like the, not just who you have on the team now, but who are you looking for to join mm-hmm. the team in the future? So yeah. in advance, and how are you doing that? Like, who are you reaching out to? What is your process? Mm-hmm. And somebody asked me last week, um, we are up to now with my open role, a thousand candidates that have applied. Mm-hmm. And oh. so someone said, "Be oh, so you're one of those everyone. hiring managers that doesn't respond and doesn't." That's oh. right. That's what someone said. They go, "Do you respond to? Oh, do you respond?" I was like, "That are we still having that conversation? We still have. We still about this? Yes, we respond to every, every single, single one. one. They said, "Will you meet with people? Will you uh-huh. meet with them?" And I was what like, are, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. Yes, you should absolutely do that. And and people are like, wow, how do you do that? Like, you just want to hang up the phone. We, you have to now at a minimum, because they will talk about you and your mom right there, right on the social media street, right Mm -hmm. there. We'll tell you. And it's fast. We had somebody like a fake person. It was after last week, Kieran posted something about, um, DEIB being, um, People are getting excited still about it. And mm-hmm. we got a racist, sexist, hateful post on Glassdoor. Um, and all through LinkedIn and all of uh, you know, and and it was like Glassdoor took it down in less than 24 hours. But well, I that's mean wonderful. However, but you have to like you have to jump in you have to look and see who's applying you don't know because that's what you're talking about safety these are Mm -hmm. the real places that are are promoting inclusion at work Mm -hmm. you have to be careful like someone's like oh you get trolled i was like i'll get back and rob it (laughs) i mean like yeah yeah absolutely um and so but you also somebody was talking about doing a green door for work it's like you really have to Mm. make sure people feel safe 
what are mm -hmm. you doing to make people feel safe at work? And how can you represent your company accurately? Um, not as a marketing play, but a letting right. people know what to expect before they get there. We are gathered here today to give you permission to plan the wedding that you want. I'm Jessica Bishop. And I'm Sari Wienerman. And we're the hosts of the Bouquet Toss podcast. Today's couples have to juggle so many things from family expectations to outdated traditions and what's currently trending. So to make it easier, we're going deep to figure out why we do weddings the way that we do. So you can decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. You are cordially invited to subscribe to The Bouquet Toss wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. By the power vested in us, we pronounce you free to plan your day your way. Even if what they need to expect is that y'all are a little cray cray right now. Right. Like I respect yes. organizations so much that are willing, that are like, we are a bit of a shit show. Yeah. And we're working on it. You know, here's the plan for us to to not be this in three months, six months, nine months, a year. But right now, we a mess. And we're you can be coming mess. into, yeah. And we are we you're gonna be coming into a mess. And this is what it's like. I would much rather tell me that. I would much rather right. just just tell me that instead of saying like this is great we have such great work life balance we have such right. great we're so flexible mm -mm. Say, tell me that you're not like let, right. and then let me make the decision as to whether or not I want to go forward everywhere anyway give me the 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 knowledge and then let me make the choice but when you don't it's worse because now you've you've tricked me into doing this and then i get there and i'm like but you told me this and you told me that and then you gaslight me and pretend like you didn't say the things that right. you said like don't do that just just don't do that because people are gonna people are gonna talk the word is right. is gonna get out um and that's, you know, and that's what leads to the lack of safety, the lack of psychological safety. And sometimes that ends up translating into a lack of physical safety in in workplaces. And we don't want that. No, no. Um, so the the other piece that I was just going to throw out to you is, you know, this this conference, I would encourage anyone who's interested in joining and, and attending this to also think about folks in their employee branding team, folks in their ESG or corporate sure. social responsibility, because this these topics that you're talking about also touch so much of this Are other relevant that's mm -hmm. being done. Um, and I think it just would be helpful for other folks to attend, not just the HR um the leaders of those things yeah this would be great if you are in charge of recruiting if you're the onboarding coordinator if you're the safety coordinator or the safety champion mm -hmm. in your organization all of these are things that you're going to be able to use if you're the leader of those things but you're not necessary because there are organizations where talent sits separate from hr safety sits separate from hr in any of those you know instances there are are, you know, there is opportunity. So while I would say probably 90% of the folks that came to the last HROI were 
HR and, and HR practitioners, we also had, we had a couple marketing folks mm-hmm. in there. We had some, some C-level folks that really just wanted to learn and understand. And we were focused more on anti-racism and pay equity in, in um, those sessions, but really just wanted to learn more and understand about those topics. So if these are topics that you touch on, in the work that you do, then come on, you know, and come on and spend a few hours and really get into the guts of it so that you can be more supportive and more well-versed in having these communications within, within your business, because people belong to everybody. (laughs) You know, like, and I know, and we like to push it all off on HR, but these people functions belong to everybody. And it's just as important for the managers, anyone who is a manager of people should be versed in these sorts of areas because you have a responsibility to create a welcoming environment in your organization during the onboarding and orientation process. You have a responsibility to create a good candidate experience when you are recruiting and screening and interviewing people into the organization, you have a responsibility to create psychological safety and to create a welcoming environment and to help your employees move through trauma if they go through some sort of injury connected to work. That belongs to you, whether you sit in an HRC or not. Absolutely. All right. So the last question that we ask is always, you know, what is one thing you want to make sure folks get from this episode? Obviously, base one is go buy your ticket. Uh, Early pricing uh, ends soon. So go get your ticket um, and use the discount code inclusive AF. But what is one thing more from, you know, kind of the content or what is one thing you want folks to make sure they heard during this episode? I want to make sure that people walk away remembering that the experience of people in the workplace matters more than the bottom line because your bottom line is going to suffer if the experiences of the people in your workplace are not healthy and positive and intentional and so what we're doing with HROI is really about cultivating those intentional positive experiences. And for me, all the work that I do at this point, if it's not going to lead to outcomes that are going to be intentional and be healthy and positive for people, I don't want it. (laughs) Like throw the whole thing away. I don't want it. So if anything, walking away from this episode, listen to the stories that the three of us have shared, the anecdotes, the, the, tips and gems that the three of us have shared and do some reflection on the ways that you can make experiences that people are have that are universal, you know, for all of us in the workplace, um, that you can make those better and positive and be intentional about how you go about that. Do I want you to come to HROI? Yes, I do. But if you can't or you don't, I still want you to walk away Um, You could hear this episode in November and the session, you know, the conference be over. So if you're hearing this now, be thinking about how do I, how do I be more intentional about making the experiences of people at work better, safer, healthier for, for them? 
Because if we take care of people, people will take care of our organization and we'll be successful. And that's been proven again and again and again. So let's put let's put the people first. So, Sarah, I noticed that you do the Jackie method of one thing where it's like literally seven. Thirty five things. Thirty five things. Like yeah. <laughs> yes. One thing. Put the put the take care of the people. I have so I must say what Sarah said. Yeah. And then the it'll just be 17 and a half. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I do want to back up on something that you said because you were like, oh, you know, we're not superstars. Uh, it's people that are doing the work. Well, I think y'all are superstars, but you mm -hmm. actually do the work. I think mm. that when you are going forward, of course, I'm going to encourage you to go to this conference. But as you're looking at conferences and thinking, because we are going into conference season, look mm -hmm. and verify that the people have that are talking to you did not get their full you know three hour training that you're getting off of chat gpt that they've actually had verifiable the mm -hmm. experience doing the work because some of those superstars have never sat in my desk not never mm -hmm. and called an mm -hmm. expert in the same field never implemented a program ever and so with y'all the four of y'all participating i know have done this work and it's a blessing to get real practical guidance from examples real examples of real yeah. work so i think it's so funny when people are like oh you think about it differently than most people yeah because i've actually i've done it done it right i'm not like turns pontificating out, on some out, idea yeah turns yeah. out donuts with daddy doesn't work for every organization, turns out. You might have to, uh, you know, we can't Let's have a donut. potluck. Let's just no, have a potluck. No, no potluck. No potluck. No potluck. That's the most yeah. unsafe. I never like, even ever. before ever. pandemic, yes, since no. pandemic, I went to a conference have not long. Orders? Have you watched? Yes. Have you watched? People are, people are gross. No way. I'm, I'm eating food. I, I don't even, somebody, like, 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 I barely me. want buffets they anymore. Roll like, it up and this. lick their fingers. Rolled up the ham, lick their fingers, rolled up another piece. Don't do uh -uh. pot, like, no, not no, never. No, no, no. Never. Okay. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Sarah. Mine is just one, one thing. Um, go to the conference but also the folks that are speaking at this conference, go follow them on socials. Yes. Um, as Jackie and, and Sarah said, these are real practitioners doing the work and it's current practitioners too, because I think even folks that were HR practitioners 10 years ago, 10 years ago, the, the, are, it, don't, are not, it don't look like yeah, that it's no not more. the same. Mm -hmm. It's not the same. And, and so, you know, folks that are actually in the midst of these companies doing this work day in and day out, those are the folks you want to hear from because the world is shifting as we all know you know we've mentioned chat gpt a couple times in this episode and so you want folks that know current things to be using current work to be doing all of those things so mm -hmm. thank you sarah thank you for, for having us. me yes so glad i finally got to i finally made it mama i, I made it i'm on yes. the AF. <laughs> Yeah, FYI, uh, Sarah is, as Jackie said, she is one of our one of our people. Um, yeah. So, so we have a, a special place in our, our heart <laughs> for Sarah, um, and uh, and she's also really fun to hang out with at conferences. Yes. So, uh, Thank 
Yeah. yeah. But her head's always on a swivel, so watch out. Always yeah. on the swivel. Yeah, that's, but that's actually a good thing because she keeps you in check while you are yeah. out. You know, like, yeah, we can't be yeah. out. Yeah, you don't yeah. people keeping an eye too, on things. It's too sussy. Everything's that's right. a little too suspect. We gotta keep keep it stay alert. <laughs> All right, folks. This is the Inclusive AF podcast. My name is Katie Van Horn. And I'm Jackie Clayton. Uh, bye. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.